Good afternoon. How are you all doing? Great. Three of you doing well? Let's try that again. Good afternoon. How's everybody doing? Today's a special day. I'm going to tell you why today's a special day. Because today's a new day. Have you ever made the statement, today is the day? This is my day? Yeah. If you haven't made that statement, you probably had the thought about the day that you're going to have and how you're going to handle that day and how you want it to be different from any other day you've had. This is the day to change. This is the day that I'm going to start working out. This is the day that I'm going to think more positively. This is the day that my marriage is going to get better. This is the day I'm going to get a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a friend, right? This is my day. In order to understand the importance of today, I think you need to talk about this here and now. So much of life in this culture that we live in has become about the next thing, right? It's always the next thing. It's the next thing. The next project, the next promotion, the, pro the, next, uh, the next vacation, the next experience for a pastor. It's, it's the next event. It's the next sermon series. It, it's, it's always the next thing. And you know what happens when I'm thinking about the next thing? I'm not thinking about today. We, we, we forget about the here and the now, and, and that becomes a problem, the present. Uh, my question for you is, are you guys, are you with me right now? Are you here? Because I don't believe we are all here right now. You say, well, where are we? We're, we're right here with you. We're in the library. We're sitting in our seats. We're listening to this superstar preacher. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're barely keep, keeping awake. But the reality is, for some of us, we're not here right now. For some of you right now, you're thinking about where you're going to go after the service is over, where you're going to eat, what you're going to do. Some of you are thinking about 4th of July on Tuesday. Some of you are thinking about the fact that you've got a lot on your plate this week. Some of you are making some transitions. Some of you are making some big decisions. And so you're not, you're not really with us right here, right now. And some of you are thinking so far ahead, maybe you're 10 years in the future, right? You're thinking about when you're going to retire, maybe even that far in the future. You're thinking about, will I ever get married? You're thinking, you're thinking will I ever have kids or grandkids? Or will, will this ever happen? And we forget about right now, right now, the, the, the here and the now. So if you're with me right now where we're at in this room and you can focus on today, I think it's going to help you because we too often want to get through or to the destination without going through the journey. We don't think about the importance of right now. And so for others, I think it's not about the future. It's about the past. They're not with us right now because they're constantly thinking about the past. This is the way our marriage used to be. This is the way the kids used to be. This is the way our finances used to be. This is where life used to be. My dad was so hung up on going back to Detroit, Michigan, he couldn't enjoy Somerville, Alabama. <laughs> Some of you are thinking, well, who would enjoy Somerville, Alabama? I did. But the reality was he remembered what life was then and he couldn't focus on where life is now. So it's just not the same. I wish I wish it could be that way. I did it, I think it was today. Was it today, babe? My wife says I have dementia. I don't think so. I'm a little too young for that because I, I always forget everything. But I was talking to her about, I said, I just wish 
at times things could be the way they used to be with the kids, you know? I mean, I like that. I love that. I wish we could have that, you know, spending time and hanging out and they're listening to my every word, all my cool stories. I wish we, they didn't drive and I, I could take them to special places. I miss that. That was then. I'm not thinking about now. I'm not thinking about the fact my son's 18 and he's about to go to Bible college. That's pretty cool. I'm not thinking about the fact that my daughter just got her license. That's not too cool. But the reality is I am either in the past or I'm in the future, but I'm not in the now. In the past and the future messes with my brain, and I really have a hard time sometimes focusing on the here and the now at this very moment in this very room with these very people the today. So what's that have to do with anything? Well, Joshua, in the book of Joshua, chapter 24 in the Old Testament, dealt with the day and the people of that day and what they were going through on that particular day. And let me focus on Joshua 24, and I'll explain what that means. Joshua challenges his people. Joshua is a leader, one of the most, one of the most profound leaders in biblical history, one of my favorite biblical characters. I love this character, Joshua. I love what he did. I love the stand he, that, he, that he took. I love his leadership. And so he meets with the people, and I've touched on this when we had Father's Day in the park, and we talked about landmarks of a father and some things that you have to establish in your life and point your kids to, to say, hey, this is the way we did it back then, and this is the way we're going to do it today, and we got to stay on track. Let me give you a little more insight of that story because it's important to me, and I think it's important to you, especially talking about and focusing on today and what the Bible says about today, okay? And so in Joshua 24, he challenges the people to stop worshiping false gods. Some of them packed away some false gods from Egypt, and they kept on pulling them out, and they thought, this is, this is something tangible in my life that I can, I, I can hold on to, and I, can, and I can look to, and I can rely on, even though it was dead, and there was no life in it, and it was a, it was a false god. He said, this, this day, today, has to change for every one of us. And so he breaks down the day. And I'm going to break down the day for you and how it relates to us today. And he starts off with this. Today is the day to start right. Now, does he say it literally that way? Not necessarily. But this is what happens. And I want you to understand this. With every day comes a new opportunity to start over. Every day. For Joshua and the leaders of Israel, that day was right here in this passage of Scripture. So Joshua gathers all the leaders of Israel together and he sits them down and he makes it very clear if there's not some changes today, we are going to have a problem because the true God, the living God, is not going to protect us. He's not going to bless us. He's not going to help us. So today, today's the day that we have to do some things right. I'm going to use that word right over and over again. So he begins to focus on these things that had to change and had to be done right and he starts off with it being, or let me say it this way, starting right to stop worshiping the false gods and start worshiping the true and living God. So he lays it out in Joshua 24 and verse 14. He says this, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him. And this is the way I want you to serve him in sincerity and in truth. I don't want you to go through the motions. I want you to be sincere, and I want you to realize the truth of who your God is. And then I want you to do this. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye 
the Lord. Scripture tells us God's mercies are new every single morning. Man, that for me gives me an ability to get up and start another day. And so this means yesterday's failures, failures, yesterday's lost opportunities um, are behind you. There's a new start. There's a new opportunity. And just like it was for Joshua and the people of Israel, I'm telling you this afternoon in the library, there's a fresh start waiting for you right now. You said, man, I don't know if I can accept that. If you could look at my life before the right now, you wouldn't say that. <laughs> yes, I would. Because nothing back then matters. All that matters is right now. You said, well, I have so many goals and so many thoughts and so many ideas. That's then. That's the future. Let's talk about right now. Right now. Today is the day to start right. Stop telling yourself that that's too late. It's too late for you. Stop saying to yourself that you can't do that. Today is your day. Today is the day that you can make a difference and start right. Now watch. In order to start right, you have to choose to get right. Now, stay with me with this. Joshua approaches the people and lays out the problem. The problem is the worship of false gods. The issue is they're putting their faith and trust in something that's not real. It's just tangible, something you can hold. And he said, this is the day to start right for all of us, that we can go back to our tribes, invest in our families, and tell them we're not doing this anymore. Today's the day. In order for us to do that, today is the day we have to get right. Now watch, getting right requires a choice. And Joshua makes a choice, and he's challenging them to make a choice. A choice to keep, either keep doing things the way you've always been doing them, or to start over, start right, and change the way you're doing things, and do it the right way. That seems so simplistic, because it is. The choice is yours. I cannot make the choice for you. Say, I, I've had so many people... Say to me, Pastor Dave, would you pray for me? I need this. I just need this. Well, I know you need it, but I can't fix it. I can't change it. I can pray for you, but my prayers doesn't mean that you're going to get what you need. But you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're a Christian, to start right and get the things right in your life, and you can make that decision, you can make that choice, you have to just do it. Now, pay attention to this. What he tells the people, Joshua said that today was the day to choose to get right. And so he says in verse 15 of chapter 24, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, that's a weird thing to say. If it seems evil to serve the Lord, why would it be evil to serve the Lord? Some of them were so brainwashed with the methods and the religion of Egypt, they, they couldn't even see God for who he was anymore. It just seemed evil. Let me just pause right here, a little side note. We live in that type of generation today. Right. What, what we know is plainly right for this generation is not right at all. They're like, that's evil. You know, life of a baby? What? No, it's the choice of a mommy. That, that, that's where we're at, you know? Marriage between man and a woman? What? You know, nah, listen. The reality is no longer there of God's word, you know? And so he says, if it's evil to you, then choose you this day whom ye will serve. And then he breaks it down. If you want to serve the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood, I like the way he said that. Back then, when y'all were back there, back in the past, if you want to go back to that, go ahead. Or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. How about right now? you got a choice today. What's going on right now? You can choose that. But as for me 
I love this. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord and serve other gods. No way. We're going to choose to do right. This is not just a day to start right. This is a day we're going to get right. If you're going to choose to get right, let me say this, then you're going to have to change your priorities. Change your priorities. You can say all you want. I'm going to do right. I'm going to get right. I'm going to do this. This is my fresh start. Whether it be physically, mentally, emotionally, sexually, financially, we could just go on and on, right? You can say it all you want, but applying it and doing it is a totally different thing. Is everybody still with me? Y'all yes, yeah. focused? Yep. You're with me right now, right? You're not thinking about McDonald's, which is the only fast food restaurant that's still reasonable in their price, even though it's horrible. Side note there, I love Chick-fil-A. But Amen. Yeah, inflation. All right, right now, where are we right now? Here's the reality where they were. They said, I'm ready to get right. I love the way Jesus said it. Jesus always says things best, right? In Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, he said, no one can serve two masters. If you try to serve two masters, this is what's going to happen. You're either going to love the one or hate, and hate the other, or you're going to be loyal to one and despise the other. So you've got to make a choice, and your choice means you're going to prioritize the right master, and the right master has got to be Jesus. And you say, well, I, I think I can do that. No, ain't no thinking. Well, I'm going to try. I'm going to do my best. Sometimes what we consider our best in trying is really not any of the above. The reality is, if you want to, you will. Man, whew, conviction right now, because I know in my life I struggle with this. I really, really do. It's not easy to prioritize what is right. So my question is, are you willing to prioritize Jesus as the master of your life? Because that is the only way to get right. You say, I'm going to start right. I want to get right. Then you have to prioritize what is right. <laughs> Joshua 24, verse 21. And the people said unto Joshua, nay, we're just following scripture, but we will serve the Lord. We will, Joshua. I promise. I'm going to do this. It's going to happen. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye are witnesses against yourself that ye have chosen you, the Lord, to serve. You've made this decision. We're witnesses. You're a witness. And this is the reality. Are you willing to do this? Are you willing to get right? And they said, yeah, we're witnesses of what we are saying. We will follow through. Now, here's the way you follow through. If you're going to start right, then you got to get right. But in order to get right, here's the thing. Getting right is just the first step. You have to do right, which is the second step. Now, not literally in the outline, but in the reality of getting right, you don't stop there. You have to take the next step. You have to do right. And that's not easy because you got to practice what you preach. And that's where I fail often as a pastor because it is so easy to preach. You all know how easy it is to get up and tell everybody how they should live? <laughs> yeah. It is. It's just like a parent that says, you don't do this. Don't you. If I ever catch a cigarette in your mouth, I'll knock your head off. If you ever use that word, I'll wash your mouth out with a bar of soap. And then you go and do exactly what you said for them not to do. You know why? Because it's easy to preach what you want them to do and not live it yourself. Everybody with me? It's tough. Man, it's so hard. But here's the reality. You do not choose to do right today and then start tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> It don't work that way. Here's the decision you have to make. You say, I am going to start right. Therefore, I'm going to get right. Therefore, I'm going to do right now. 
Joshua 24 and verse 23. It's the very next verse. Now, therefore, put away, said he, the strange gods. That means the gods that are not the real gods, which are among you. And incline your heart unto the Lord of Israel. This is what you've got to do. And the people said unto Joshua, the Lord our God, we will serve. And the voice, talking about God, we will obey his voice. And Joshua made a covenant with the people that day. Not the next day, that day, and set them a statue and ordinances of Shechem. And here's the reality. He didn't just say, you're going to get right today, okay? He followed through with accountability. He said, we're going to put some things in place to make sure you not only get start right, get right, but you're going to continue to do right. We're going to apply some things to your family. We're not going to just get, away the, get rid of the false gods. We're going to put some things in place that we don't go back to the false gods. We have to do it this way. The problem with the, so many of us is we want to do it tomorrow. We make the decision today, but we want to do it tomorrow. Uh, how many of you have made the decision to change in an area and you said, I'm going to do it tomorrow? I'll start my diet tomorrow. I'll break up with my boyfriend tomorrow. I'll break up with my girlfriend tomorrow. I'll stop having premarital sex tomorrow. The porn thing, I'll give it up tomorrow. I've messed up now, may as well indulge in it. It's already done. As if you're at a buffet and you're just going to eat as much as you can before you start your buffet. I mean, your diet, not your buffet, your diet tomorrow. Y'all follow me? Yep. Why do we do that? Because we're people and we ain't the smartest. That's why the Bible calls us sheep. We're like dopey sheep walking around thinking, well, we got this, we got this. But we don't got anything. The reality is if we don't fully commit ourselves and prioritize Jesus for who he is, we will continue to say tomorrow, tomorrow, Christian me, we're talking about the lawn, and I said, man, it's bad. Can you mow it? He said, tomorrow? I said, thanks, buddy. Tomorrow came, and I said, can you mow it? He said, tomorrow. I said, thanks, buddy. So tomorrow came, and I said, can you mow it? He said, dad, tomorrow. <laughs> Next thing I know, we had to get a bush hog. No, we didn't go that far, but it felt like we were going to have to break one out because we do that. You know why I'm preaching this right now? Because of the word tomorrow. Watch this. On Monday... I'm going to bed. Brianna's asleep. The kids, God only knows if they're asleep. They're in their room. It's late. And I stayed up. I was working on some things. And I said, man, you know when you, when you look in the mirror this way, you're looking okay. But when you turn this way, you go, oh, my. <laughs> Something just happened. Well, I was looking in the mirror this way, and I turned this way, and I said, today I have to start a diet. <laughs> well, today is already over, right? Guess what I did? I got ready for bed. And for some reason, I went in the kitchen and I opened the refrigerator and I was going to get me something to drink, those really cool half and half teas. I love them. And I'm getting one and I'm drinking. And I look in the fridge and it's looking back at me, a box of pizza. Sometimes cold pizza is better than hot pizza. And it was like that pizza was just pulling me in. And I gave in and I pulled it out and I started eating one piece and another piece. And I was like a little fat kid. I'm looking down the hallway. And I'm like, please, Lord, don't let Ellie wake up and see me right now. And next thing I know, piece after piece after piece. And, and this is what I said, tomorrow. <laughs> and when I was full, I put that pizza back in the fridge. And I ate it tomorrow. The very next day, I did it again. Here's my point. I'm exhausted with tomorrow. 
The Bible doesn't say a whole lot of good things about tomorrow. I know it does tell us that tomorrow, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what the you don't know what tomorrow holds for you. Hey, it also says stop counting on tomorrow in Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 1 because tomorrow you have no idea what the day holds. I don't want to live for tomorrow. I'm not saying don't have goals and don't prioritize things in your life and press toward the mark, but I'm saying if you don't start living in today, you'll never be able to sufficiently hit the goals of tomorrow. Brings us to this. You start right, you get right, and then you just have to do right, do right today. Tomorrow is not part of God's plan for you today. You say, God already knows what tomorrow holds. Yes, he holds the future. He's an all-knowing God, but he wants us to start doing right now, now. So this is what Joshua says. He says in verse 31, and Israel served, excuse me, this is what the Bible says. Joshua doesn't say this. And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that uh, overlived Joshua. This is interesting. In other words, it wasn't just in the period of time that Joshua lived. They continued to do right every single day, even after Joshua died. And the next leader stepped in. Do right, do right, do right, do right. You say, I can't always do right. I mess up. Yeah, we all mess up. The reality is it's not messing up that's the problem. The reality is if you fail and fall and don't get back up, that's when it's a problem. Do right. You say, man, I don't know if I can do this. I believe that if we purpose as believers of Jesus Christ to do our best, that is all he asks of us. I was really stressed. I'm always stressed about stuff, and I know I shouldn't be that way, but I'm just being transparent, right? I think about numbers, numbers in the church. You think social media jacks up your kids? It jacks up preachers, too. When they get on Sunday morning, and our service is way later, and they're like, glory to God, I had 2,500 people today. Hallelujah. People get flooded the altar, giving the life to Jesus Christ. And I'm like, man, if I could just have 40 show up, it's all right, just 40. I will take the ones that are working at Sweetwater. I'll, I'll count them in my numbers. You know why? Because preachers are just as human as you are. We, we get so hung up on these things and we think, I can't do this. I'm not able to do this. I can never be what they are. I can never do what they do. I can never have a, a, a marriage like they have. I don't want what they have. That's not my calling. Right. My calling is for me and my house to serve the Lord today yeah. and do my best today. And I, I come to this conclusion. If my best is not enough, then I don't know what is. I'm just going to stay where I know what is best. And that is my best doing it today, tomorrow, and the next day. That might have been a little bit wordy, but I hope you catch on to the reality of this. It's just being who God has called you to be and not being somebody else. You ain't the grandma of those kids on social media. You're the grandma of those kids that are right there in your life right now. You don't have to worry about if you can go to Disney and give them the best vacation. You don't have to worry about being this ideal uh, person that you see on social media. What you need to worry about is doing right today for your family and who's in your life right now. Choose you this day whom ye, ye, you will serve. That's what it's all about. Let me say these three elements to start right, get right, and do right, all come together for one reason, 
to finish right. That's what it's all about. It's just to finish right. Nobody, huh, this is going to be abrasive, nobody cares how you start. They only care how you finish. So, man, I started the biggest church in America. Hmm, I, I was a pastor of a mega church. Well, how did you finish? See, they don't care how you started, it's how you finished. So, man, I have five kids. I remember the day they were born. The question is, how do your kids look at you now when they're no longer in the home? You finished that course of their life, mentoring them, loving them, and training them. How did it end? It's about finishing strong. Paul finished strong. He said, I fought a good fight. And boy, every day's a fight, right? I finished my course. I did it. I did it. I did it. I just believe that if we can apply ourselves, if we can start right, we can get right, and we can continue to do right, we can finish right. Here's what the Bible says in Joshua 24 and verse 29, the very end of, verse, uh, of chapter 24. And it came to pass after these things that Joshua, the son of Nun, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being 110 years old. But the most important part of that is not that he lived to be an old man, but he died being a servant of the Lord. That is what it's all about. That's finishing right. You apply those three elements of righteousness to your life, you will finish right too. My cousin asked me this question. He said, Dave, have you ever thought how many people are going to show up at your funeral? I said, be honest with you, not really. He said, I think about it a lot. Why would somebody come to my funeral? I said, Adam, why would you say something like that? Why does it even matter? You're dead, you're gone. He said, because I just want to know what's the recipe for people to actually care enough to come to see you not literally see you, but to your funeral and see you in your casket. What, what is it? What causes, what drives people? And I said this, and I, and I believe it's true. It's how you live and what you leave behind. And what I mean by that is the only thing you can truly leave behind outside of your, 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 your things, if you would, is your influence. Are you making a difference? Because the ones you made a difference the lives you've changed, the people you invested in, they'll want to come and see you because you've changed their life. They want to celebrate your life, not literally see you in the casket. It's about seeing the, all the, the, the testimonies and hearing the testimonies and the people rejoicing for the man you were. And the only way that happens is these three elements of righteousness, to start right, to get right, to do right, so you can finish right. Mm -hmm.